Yeah, so we just got back from uh, this this camp uh, in California, speaking to a bunch of junior high kids, and uh, I made a, a new buddy, um, and his name is Sam, and uh, Sam is going into the eighth grade, um, connected with Sam a little bit early in the week, and Sam was uh, really struggling with a, a key area uh, in his life, and it was affecting the way that he saw himself and the way that he saw God, and um, uh, very, very, very deep deep struggle. Um, super long story short, by the end of the week, um, uh, Jesus rescued Sam and he stepped into a relationship with Jesus and it was so cool just to see. And Sam came up and he's kind of telling me what's going on in his life and his heart and uh, tears coming down his face. And Sam said this, he said, it's crazy. He said, it's as if uh, God's been pursuing me with his love like I'm his only priority. And that just killed me because I believe that's what's true of, of God. And it was true for what God did for me one day. It's true for what he's done for you at some point in your life. Uh, what's true for those of you that have yet to have a relationship with him. He will pursue you as if he is your, his only priority. And um, I love that he was just transformed first and foremost by that love. And, uh, we talked for maybe 10 minutes or so more. And then he, and then he said, um, but I'm probably just going to be the same person I always am. And I don't know that I'm ever really going to change or get over the stuff that I'm struggling with. And I, I thought, oh man, okay. I understand Sam, like what you're talking about. There is a sense where, um, we're not immediately called to heaven the moment we step into a relationship with Jesus. And so there's the reality of what Jesus has already done in our heart and our life. And yet there's the not yet. We're not yet in heaven. We're not yet free of this broken, sinful world or my, my flesh. And so, um, yes, there's this struggle. And yet at the same time, I was just thinking, man, Sam, but the reality is, um, God has transformed you. He's given you a new heart. And in this language we've been talking about here, you are trapped in the cage of sin. And Jesus flung uh, the, the cage wide open. And he's invited you to step out of the way that you were living into a whole new thing. So there's just that thing of, yes, Jesus loves every single one of us just as we are. And we are free to come to him just as we are. But he loves you too much to leave you just as you are. And so the invitation out of sin into freedom is also into a free to live in a whole new way. Uh, but how we do that is tough. And um, there is a tug of war going on. There's a tug of war going on in our own hearts and our own souls and in our lives. And Galatians chapter 5, 16 and on is where we're at this morning. And this passage speaks to that tug of war. If you have your Bible open there, if you need a Bible, raise a hand. Someone will bring you a Bible and then keep that one that they give you this morning if you don't own your own. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 27. I want to read through the whole thing and then we're going to double back and kind of uh, pick it apart a little bit, if that's okay. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Here's the tug of war. Uh, so, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Catch this verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then this great news, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And so here's this tug of war uh, between the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. But you zoom in just on the word, the the acts of the flesh and then the fruit of the spirit. And that's kind of helpful in in understanding a bit of the struggle, a bit of the, the tug of war. You've got acts, actions, deeds, choices on one hand. And then on the other side, you have fruit or byproduct or results or outcome of We've got these things essentially then, if you boil it down for me and you, there's essentially the things that what what I do versus what he does. And and essentially what he actually does in me. There's the tug of war. What I am naturally led to do, uh, what my default is, left to myself, if I'm operating independent of God, if you're operating independent of God, then what is normal for you, what's natural for you is to operate out of the flesh, out of your sin nature, out of your ego, out of your pride, out of what makes sense to you. But when we come to follow Jesus, he's inviting us out of that way of living. If you're watching online, then that's the same for you. He's inviting you now out of the way that you're living independent of God. He's operating now saying, step out. Step out of the cage of sin and into freedom. Essentially, you get out of the way. You get out of the way to allow God's spirit to do what he wants to do in you. Produce what he wants to produce in you. He's inviting you and I to walk by the Spirit. An amazing thing happened when we start to actually do that. And when we understand, what's that actually mean? What's that actually look like? And so in the first couple of verses, verses 16 through 18, he, he puts it this way. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, as opposed to walk by the flesh, walk by Uh, Just your own strength, your own talent, your own choices, your own decisions. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I love those that are so clear. If you do this, then you can expect this. And this is one of those. If you are sensitive to the Spirit, if you obey God's Spirit, if you are connected close with God's Spirit, then you will not 
gratify the desires of the flesh. You will not be characterized by the acts and deeds of the flesh or just what you want to do, but rather by what he wants to do in and through you. But he describes it this way, for the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit, no surprise there, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. There is a war within you and me. And the war is between God and our flesh. What God wants to do in me and what I would naturally do operating independent of God. There's a war within. And they're at conflict with each other uh, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Catch this. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. In other words... Catch me on this. The antidote to the flesh, the the, the cure for your flesh and your sin nature, the cure for it, the antidote for it is not the law. The cure, the antidote for your flesh, your sin struggle is not the law. It's not rules and regulations. It's not religion. It's not do all the right stuff and avoid all the wrong stuff. The cure, the the antidote for your flesh and my flesh is the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's a living, breathing relationship with Almighty God. It is connecting closely and intimately with who He is and what He wants to do in you that is the cure and the antidote for uh, the acts of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh. And we, we, we desperately need the Spirit of God. We, we can, we can kind of get super good at dismissing our behavior, our sinful behavior. Um, Sin is very, very slippery. Um, Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all else. Uh, The Scriptures talk about the deceitfulness of sin. Um, I don't need you to raise a hand or out loud confess right now, but just think for just a moment. If you've ever thought or said something like... um, what I'm doing isn't really that bad. Oh, oh, oh you know, uh, what I'm doing really isn't probably sin. Oh, well, I just can't help it. Oh, oh God will probably overlook this. We, we look at what we're doing in our life and then we can justify it, rationalize it, water it down and go, it's probably not really sin. Which is why I believe that that Paul takes us where he takes us next. And so in verses 19 and on, he he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. And there it is, the acts, the actions, the deeds that we do left to our own devices, they are obvious. And they are obvious, right? The list that follows... It's obvious. You don't have to build a case for this. I don't have to convince you that we live in a sinful, broken world. You see these things play out in your own life, I'm sure, in your own heart. You see these things play out in your relationships, friendships, marriages, families. Unfortunately, even in the church, you see it play out in the workplace. You see it play out in our communities. You see it playing out right now. Are the acts of the flesh not incredibly obvious in our country right now? 
black people being taken advantage of, police being taken advantage of, Christians being taken advantage of. I mean, the hate, the dissensions, the fighting, the, oh my goodness, the acts of the flesh are obvious. And it's, it's heartbreaking. Regardless of where you're at in a position with Jesus right now, none of us wants a list like this to be descriptors of us. We don't want to be surrounded by this in our culture. We don't want to be surrounded by these sorts of people. We don't want to be these sorts of people. Even if you're honest with yourself, even if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you look at a list like this and you go, this is hideous. And God agrees. It breaks his heart to see what we do when we operate independent of him. It breaks his heart to see what we are inclined to and what we're capable of doing independent of him, disregarding him, disconnected from him. And yet, as obvious as these deeds and actions are, um, I just think it's interesting that Paul says they're obvious, but then he goes on to spell out what they actually are. And I think that's just hammering home that idea that it's easy for us to dismiss the sin. And, and you go, well, I don't struggle with that, so I'm okay. Okay, well, hold on a second. I did the word study on every single one of these words in the list individually to what they actually mean. And it was disgusting. I mean, I'm, it's so disgusting that I'm not going to break down every single one because we'd be here for two hours. But, but two, because... The depth of darkness and evil as you really unpacked the full scope of in the original language what we've just assigned one word to actually meant this, 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 and this. Oh, it was awful. And even this morning, I think there's just that delicate balance between being aware of sin and evil and darkness and yet not diving in and exploring it too much, especially at the expense of diving in and exploring the goodness of God and the power of the Spirit. And so that should always be our primary emphasis and focus. And yet we've got to come face to face with the depth of what we're capable of. And uh, the acts of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh are obvious. And, and this is where, honestly, being an English major, semicolons were super helpful. Um, because this sentence, this long list, um, there's just a handful of categories here and not that there's different, uh, rankings of sin, but there's different areas that we tend to sin in. And he breaks them down for us in that regard. The first area before the first semicolon are basically sensual sins or sexual sins. Uh, uh deeds of flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. And without going into the detail, I will just tell you that if you go do the study on each of those by definition, those get progressively worse from sexual immorality to debauchery. And it covers everything that you can think of, everything going on in our culture and, and beyond. And God says, I hate that. It's, it's not my best for you. And you will it, will, it will feel good for a moment, but oh my goodness, watch out. Because it leads to death. It's essentially putting yourself back in the cage sensual sins. Then the next ones are basically, lack of a better term, religious sins, idolatry and witchcraft. Um, to get to a place where you, you, you worship other gods, uh, you, your affections and your attention 
go to uh, idols in your life. And they may be actual false gods. Um, they, they may be um, something like another person or a material uh, object or possessions. But uh, more of your affections are toward man-made, manufactured sorts of things than the one true God. Witchcraft didn't just mean uh, dealing with the occult practices, but it also meant dealing with um, sorcery. And back then, um, especially, actually, um, substance abuse and drug use for the purposes of connecting uh, supposedly in an altered state, either to the demonic realm or uh, to uh, trying to get to God in an altered state. And God says that's wrong. In fact, like if you're going to, if you're going to be influenced by anyone or anything, then Ephesians five says, don't get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the spirit. If you're going to let anyone uh, influence you, then why don't you let God influence you than some sort of substance? And so there are these sensual sins and then there's these religious sins. The next category Long list here, basically just interpersonal sins. I got something going on in my heart. You got something going on in your heart. And when those two come together, it's nasty and it's gross and disgusting. And we don't need to really unpack stuff like hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy. We've all tasted that. We've we've got caught up in that. We've been the victim of those sorts of things. You see that going on. Um, in, in real dark ways, you see it going on in uh, government. You see it going on uh, in workplace. I mean, you, you name it. God said, wherever there's an opportunity for your sin to collide with my sin, well, the enemy would love to just amplify that, exploit that, take advantage of that. And it's not good for me and you. And then the last category, I don't really know how to describe it other than maybe excess sins or sins of, of abuse. He says drunkenness, orgies and the like. And this is, this is just one of those things where, where you know as well as I do that, that the Lord has given us many blessings, right? He gives us gifts. He gives us things to enjoy. Um, Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding for the enjoyment and celebration taking place there. And so regardless of the debate about whether Christians should drink or not, the Bible is very clear that we're not supposed to be drunk. And so, so this is just a reminder that in a number of ways, God gives us the gift. And when we, when we enjoy um, intimacy with each other in the context of marriage, a man and a woman together, it's a huge blessing. But our tendency with, uh, with a number of things is to take this, oh, here's this gift from God. Now let me abuse it to all excess. Hey, here's one little gift, and now I'm going to have no restraint, no thought for God. I'm going to take it and do what I want with it rather than receive this blessing from God and keep it in the context of what He has got for me which is where the real freedom and the real life abundant comes from. We always take it and we put it back in the cage. This list right here, and then it says, and the like, which is just another way of saying, and the list isn't done. And so if still, because we didn't do the word study out loud with every one of you, you're still going, ooh, you didn't hit mine, so I'm good. <laughs> you're and the like. He got you covered. All of these things right here, all of these things, that's what inside the cage is like. 
And so that's why Jesus is saying, I flung the cage open. Why would you want to go back into that? Don't. It's gross. It's, it's not good for you. It's not good for others. It's not good for our relationship with him. So step out. Step out into this whole new... And he knew that we would need to step out. And when we stepped out of that, we didn't just need a behavior change. We needed grace. We needed mercy. We needed God himself. That's what I need. I don't need a behavior change. First, I need a God who can change my behavior. I I need his grace and his mercy. I need his spirit to go to work on me. Uh, King David in the Old Testament, the Apostle Peter in the New Testament, these were guys who when they were on with God were really on. And when they were off, they were really off. But when they were off, it, it was usually just because it was a moment of weakness. When they were off, it wasn't usually because they were trying to spite God. It's because they got weak and they got broken. And their flesh was, was rearing up. Their flesh was taking over. That's like me. When I get weak, I don't want to feel weak anymore. So I reach out for a person or a thing or an action activity to make me not feel weak anymore. And I fill uh, an empty soul with stuff that cannot fill or cannot satisfy and cannot bring any sort of change. And it's just masking what's going on inside. And so we need this grace in our weakness. We need His Spirit in our weakness. And that's where He takes us next. Here's what the flesh looks like. None of us want that. What do we want? Everything that the Spirit can provide right here in verses 22 and on. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, Just by the way, real quick, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit for just a moment. Um, Because in a lot of circles, the Holy Spirit is the uh, redhead stepchild of the Trinity. Uh, There's Father, Son, and what's that last guy? Moreover than that, we like the wise, powerful Father God. We were drawn to the humble, self-sacrificing, dynamic Son of God, Jesus Christ. And then there's the blotch. Uh, there's this Father, Son, and the blotch. There's the Father, Son, and it. He's not an it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a blotch. The Holy Spirit is, is God Almighty, um, he is equal part with with God, equal God. I mean, he is very, very powerful, and he is a person to be reckoned with. And he wants to guide you and direct you and comfort you and reveal things to you and teach you. He is the precious Holy Spirit that Jesus sent. Jesus left, he sends the Holy Spirit. And so we, we need to learn who he is. He's almighty God. He isn't just a blotch or this kind of fuzzy thing, but he's a personal God. And he wants to communicate and talk with you on a constant basis. He wants to guide and direct you. And and he wants to produce something in you. That's why it says the fruit of the spirit, the fruit fruit is a byproduct of a branch being attached to a vine. Jesus described it that way. Jesus said, I am the vine and you all are the branches. Remain in me and I will remain in you and you will bear much fruit. 
And so as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, my primary role is just to stay attached to the vine. If I stay attached to God Almighty, then He will produce fruit in my life. The Spirit of God will produce it. The Spirit of God will do the work. That's why just like if this tree right here were a fruit tree, just by it being rooted into the trunk and have roots down into the soil, over time fruit would emerge from those branches. You've never walked by a tree that's attached to a, a, a vine, the branches attached to the vine, and herd branches going, oh, i got to push that apple out. Whoa, oh, there's an apple. You've never heard a branch laboring to produce fruit. And yet, as Christians, we like to do that. I do that, you do that. If you're at home, you do that. Where, as Christians, we go, okay, I'm... I gotta produce some love right now and love. Whoa, whoa, whoof. Oh man. Busted a blood vessel on that love one right there. That's exhausting. I don't know if I want to do that anymore. I can't produce love like that. Oh, I gotta get some self control out. I gotta really self control. Well, no self control. Nothing came. I didn't I didn't push it out. It didn't happen. Because that wasn't the intent. Our job is to remain connected to God Almighty and the fruit of the Spirit working in me, the byproduct of this being attached to the Spirit of God is some pretty fantastic stuff. The natural result, the natural overflow is a displacement of the things we just looked at and the production of these amazing things like Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Is there any of you in here that don't want more of those things in your life? You're an idiot if you don't. <laughs> let, me, let me depersonalize it. Is there any of you in here that don't wish that everybody around you, him and her, didn't have more of this going on in their life? Of course we do. Don't you, isn't this what the world needs more of? Love, joy, peace, all this sort of thing. Well, how do you get it? By being attached to the Spirit of Almighty God. Where He is, that's where you find this stuff. You show me someone who is disconnected from the Spirit of God, I'll show you someone who's marked by the last list, by the acts of the flesh. You show me someone, on the other hand, though, who is intimately connected with the Spirit of God, and I'll show you someone who is incredibly loving and, and filled with peace and patience and kindness, etc., etc., etc. It's the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, you do not work to achieve this list. This list of amazing attributes is birthed out of you as you abide in Christ, as you remain attached to the Spirit of God, it is a natural overflow. It's a natural result of what the Spirit is about and loves to produce in you. And that's why the invitation is get out of the cage and step into a deep abiding relationship with God. Get out of the way and let His Spirit 
go to work on you. And you'll stay clear of the stuff you want to stay clear of. And you will find yourself surrounded by and immersed in the things that you really want and you really need and others really want and really need. He, he says, um, against such things there is no law. Uh, in other words, you, you love all you want. No limit to it. All these things here, there's, there's no limit to it. Do more and more of it. Uh, Let him get more and more of you so that you can do more and more and be more and more, produce more and more of this. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When you step into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then your flesh, your old person, has been crucified, nailed to the cross. And I think he, he chose that word crucified strategically because when I hear that, that if I belong to Christ, then He's crucified my deeds, my act, my flesh, my sin nature. He's crucified it. That word crucified was so strategic. When I read that word crucified, it reminds me what Jesus did for me. When I get hung up and struggle in my flesh, it reminds me I need to go back to the cross. Preach the gospel to myself. Remind myself of who Jesus is and what he actually did for me. It reminds me that I need to take up my own cross daily and follow him. It reminds me that oftentimes dealing with your own flesh is a very painful experience. It reminds me that I must deal decisively with my flesh as decisively as Jesus dealt with it on the cross. I can't entertain it. I, I can't take it lightly. I need to come to the Spirit of Almighty God and let Him work on me. He wraps it up with this key phrase in 25 and 6. Now, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. And this is the thing. Because many of you have heard a lot of times, you know, maybe a friend of yours or pastors or whatever say, well, just let the Spirit lead you. Let the Spirit guide you and direct you. And it begs the question, how do I do that? How do I let the Spirit lead me and guide me? If that's where the source of all these amazing attributes, this fruit comes from, I want that. But how do I, how do I walk by the Spirit? How do I let the Spirit lead me? You keep in step with the Spirit. And that phrase actually meant that you would get in line, single file, behind the leader. And so when I say I'm going to keep in step with the Spirit, I'm saying, Spirit of Almighty God, you're my leader. You're out in front and I'm, I'm behind you. I grew up in Long Beach, California, and for like over 35 years, been going to the, the Long Beach Grand Prix. Um, I love Formula One and IndyCar racing, NASCARs for rednecks, but um, I love the, God's grace for those of you that love NASCAR. Um, Jesus loves you. I don't, but um, it's okay. I'm just kidding. Um, but it, it's such a fascinating thing. And so when I hear a uh, leader out front and I'm supposed to get in line, I, my first thought being a race fan um, was, was pace car. And uh, even if you're not real familiar with racing or the concept of a pace car, then here's, here's an image. 
Um, I think this is at Indy. And, and so this, this black Camaro that's at the bottom here is the pace car. And when they go out on the warm-up laps, that pace car goes out front. It sets the pace while their cars get warmed up and they kind of get used to what's going on around the track. And they're supposed to do follow in line behind this pace car, not get out ahead and follow the lead of the pace car. And so for us to keep in step with the Spirit is to, to pull our cars in line behind the pace car. And that's an okay image of what it looks like to follow the Spirit, to walk with the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. But it's not a perfect one. Um, and so maybe to zero in on maybe some of the problems I have with that, I just want to do one thing. Nash, where'd you go? All right, Nash, come on up here, buddy. And then Braddock, would you come up here? My boy Braddock, come on up. And then his buddy Nash... Happens to be in here at the same time. Okay. All right. That's my son, Braddock. You know your buddy, Nash. Okay. Here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do. I need you to stand over here in this aisle. And you're going to stay right here in this aisle together. Okay? Just stop right there. Hang on. Okay? And then all of you, I just need super, like, gracious moment here. I'm pretending I'm the Holy Spirit. Okay? And you're just Braddock and Nash. Okay? All right. So what I want you to do, in your aisle right here, I'm going to stay in this aisle. You stay in that aisle. But you're you guys. I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm going to move either this way or I'm going to move this way. And I just want you to mimic what I'm doing. Got it? So if I go that way, I want you guys to go that way up your aisle. If I move this way, I want you guys to go. Okay? And we'll we'll just try to follow my, my lead. It may be slow. It may be fast. (laughs) Okay, that's good. They're young and way faster than me, which come on up here will not be the case with the Holy Spirit. He's never slower than you, but okay. That, that's an okay uh, picture. I mean, the, you guys have some sense of like where I am. You know you're supposed to be listening to me and watching me, but there's some distance between us. And so it's easy for me to get out ahead of you, or it's easy for you to lag behind me when we're that far apart. And so in this analogy of the pace car sort of thing, I mean, that's kind of the deal. When he's that, I'm totally out of shape. <laughs> when he's... When the Spirit is that far disconnected, I don't believe that that's what the Spirit had in mind for us when He said, keep in step with the Spirit. That's a lot closer sort of situation. So Nash and Braddock, here's what I want you to do. Okay, we're going to stand, face each other this close. Okay? Now, I just want you to do whatever I do. Okay? Are you ready? (laughs) Awesome. Give them a round of applause. Okay. That's pretty good. I just wanted to see you stick your tongue out at me. That was all. That's all we did. And that this is better than this when it comes to being led by the spirit. But I don't even think we're quite there yet with keeping in step with the spirit, with what God had in mind 
when he says keep in step with the Spirit and close to Him, what I think he really meant was a really close, intimate, connected relationship. And so in that regard, here's what I want you to do. I want, I want Braddock, I want you to put your hands on my shoulders. Okay? And then Nash, put your hands on Braddock's shoulders. All right? And now, we're just going to go wherever I go. Let me stop. Return. Return. Go down. We go. We jump. We jump. I can turn because they're close enough to hear. I can whisper stuff to them that they can hear. I've got a plan for you. And here we go back. And that is more the picture of what I'm talking about. Thank you guys. You can go back to your seat. Love you better. See ya. And so, while the pace car, it's kind of an interesting thought. I think what is actually a better picture is this. That the Spirit of Almighty God really becomes the locomotive, uh, the engine. And then you and I are just cars that are physically coupled to the locomotive. And wherever he goes... You will follow. You are attached. He is the power source. Uh, he's the leader. He's doing the pulling. And he pulls us. He draws us along with him in, in strength to where he would have us go. Out of the cage and into the life abundant. Out of the cage and into a life of freedom. As we stay connected to him. And so it begs that further, even deeper question, well, how do I, how do I really stay connected to the Holy Spirit? Pray. Talk to Him all the time. He's Almighty God, so have an ongoing, pray without ceasing sort of dialogue and conversation like we talked about a couple of months ago. Pray, 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 pray. He's always there. So ask Him, Holy Spirit, would you give me sensitive ears and hearts to your leading would you give me a real sensitivity to what you're doing and what I'm doing? And when I start to veer into the acts of the flesh, would you pull me back to you? Pray to him constantly. Talk to him constantly. Good conversation is a sign of intimacy and connection. Also, you get connected to the Spirit as you connect with him through his word. This is living and active. He's given you everything you need for life and godliness right here. If you are not connected to Him in His Word, the Holy Spirit loves to ride in on the Word of God and change your heart and my heart. If you're not connected in this way, it's like a train car disconnected from the locomotive. We cannot sacrifice this time for Him to produce good fruit in our life. And then... You can learn to walk by the Spirit by surrounding yourself, coupling yourself to other people who know how to walk by the Spirit. We need each other. He's given us His Spirit. He's given us His Word. But He's also given us His church that we would benefit each other. Do life together. You're not in a life group. Get into a life group when they reopen here in a couple of weeks. Dive into community where you can be coupled together and learn together what it's like to walk by the Spirit.
and watch the fruit that we looked out here start to blow you away and others around you away at what he starts to produce in your life at a whole new level than is happening today. And so, Father, I thank you so much for, for loving us, for giving us grace and inviting us into this relationship with you. Thank you that you're the one that's doing all this work. And forgive me for the times where I just lean more into what I would naturally do, where I'm rooted in my own ego and flesh than rooted in you. I want more of you. And I want more of what you've got for me. And I want that for your glory's sake, Father. So make that so. We'll be quick to give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name.